0: Okay. Two point oh. Three, two, one, go.
1: Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Liberty Podcast. Today, we are fortunate enough to be sitting down with John Furno, the head of Partnerships and Growth at General Assembly who we've been working very close with at Liberté um, over the past half a year or so, um, helping them with some events all around well-being. Um, and John is also the founder um, of A Bundle of Sticks, a very, I think, relevant magazine um, around coming out stories and, and what people are going through there. So, John, thank you very much for taking time to sit down with us today and um, looking forward to chatting with you
2: yes thank you so much thanks for having me i
1: love i love these like formal sorry
0: just as a side note in this podcast i love these formal introductions that we give to people we know so well (laughs) it it sounds like we've just invited john on the podcast through email but actually we've been working with john for like eight months so (laughs) john's like a liberty friend (laughs) um
1: james want to kick off with the first question um yeah so i mean John, I think that you know, as, as we're going to talk about today, um, I think in line with what you write about at Bundle of um, on on uh, or, or what you get people to write about with Bundle of Sticks around um, what it's like to come out, what people go through, and then I think also an important part of it is um, what helped you go through that process and and get get you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just working working through it from the beginning is is in your during your childhood. Um, what your general experiences were then, and um, I think really when did you first know that you were gay um, and quote unquote i guess different from uh, from the other boys in Australia growing up
2: <laughs> yes, I feel like that 's always a common question that i that I get asked, which is like how did you know when did you know um, and I think for me. I don't want to say when I was very, very young, I always knew that I was different, but I never knew what that different was. I think I was always comparing myself to maybe my cousins who were very athletic or other boys in school that, yeah, I just kind of knew that I was different. I think I'm going to use that word. I didn't know it was gay at the time. But yeah, there was always just something. I I grew up with two sisters, so I'm a triplet. So I've got two sisters and I was always kind of just doing what they were doing. If they were playing with dolls, I wanted to play with dolls. If they were doing singing and dancing, I wanted to. Um, I think I have a photo somewhere of me in a fairy costume from when I was like three. Um, I think it was just because I think growing up with two sisters, I never wanted to feel excluded or left out. So I was always just doing what they were doing. Um, and I think with that got me being very um, creative, very arty. And I think that's kind of the road that I ended up going down as a kid. I wasn't athletic. I couldn't kick a ball to save my life or catch a ball. Um, so that kind of brought on a lot of bullying as well, kind of growing up, where I was just comparing myself to everyone else, being like, why am I different? I don't want to be different. I want to be normal. I want to fit in. I want to be like everyone else. Um, and then I, it wasn't until maybe coming into high school where I was getting the question, are you gay? Are you gay? And I was like, is it tattooed on my forehead? Guys, what do you mean? (laughs) Um, I'm just like walking down the street. I would have so many people if it was hanging out of their cars, just yelling derogatory terms at me. And I think that's kind of where it got me hating myself because I was like, I'm just walking here. Like how people viewing me is different when uh, I'm just walking down the street or I'm just trying to be myself. Um, I remember one time, I think I was, like clubbing back in the day. Um, and somebody came up to me and they're like, oh, you're dre- you dress really well and you're really nice. You must be gay. I was like, crap. Well, if that's the science, lock me up. <laughs> so I think that's kind of what got me thinking, okay, am I gay because people are telling me that I am or am I gay because I am? Um, so it wasn't until maybe within my teens um, that I started to just like test that out for myself. Um, out of interest... Always- oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: go, 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 No, I was going to say, out of interest, is there a time when... So I, I think like for me, it was like a, for, when I was like five, six, seven, and eight, I don't think any, like just looking at other people, I did not care about what anyone, you know, you're just so full of like wonder as a child that you're just so up for anything. Was there like a specific age or turning point where, where like you noticed like more malice turn into it or it's like, was it going into high school or will people even kind of mean at prep school as well? Um, but they were, you know, for my childhood anyway, it was.
2: yeah. I don't
0: know. No, no, go on. Sorry. Yeah.
2: No, I was going to say like um am going through like primary school as we have in in Australia. Not so much like I had like a really nice group of mates, um, but then it mm. always kind of clicked well with with females as well. I don't think it was until maybe coming into like more the start of high school where. I was clicking more with a group of girlfriends um, and just kind of getting these questions of like why that was. Yeah. Um, I thought it was because maybe I had two sisters and I was just more kind of um, confident and comfortable enough talking to more females than it was males. And I knew that, like I think, like I mentioned, it was very hard for me to kind of click with men because I wasn't really into all like that athletic stuff. And um, I think I kind of found more in common with females than I did with males. Um, but I mean, even like within six, seven, and eight, I can't, I can't remember maybe some of my thoughts, but I definitely knew that I was different. I was doing singing and dancing a lot and I loved performing. And that would kind of lead me to, um, I don't know, performing in shopping centers and maybe people from school seeing me there and being bullied very heavily. Um, but for me at the time, I just kind of loved it, like enjoyed it because I loved it. I didn't kind of see what was wrong until people were telling me it was wrong because I was um, a guy or, or a male. If that makes sense,
0: no, that does. And then, and then, w- when you kind of moved into the, the like tran- the weird transition from like primary school into into high school, it's always really well. From what it sounds like, it's it's super weird because you've got all these questions that only you can answer, and you can't like ask um, anyone else. But were there other people at school that you were like able to confine in or find similar stories in or because the bundle, bundle of sticks now is like this, a culmination as it looks like of, um, basically connecting all these incredible stories. Were there moments in your past where you were able to find other people and share commonalities in their stories at prep, uh, at high school and prep school that made it slightly easier? Uh,
2: not, not really. I think at the age of, I think starting high school, which is maybe, ah. Uh, 13, 14, I think then, I, like, I was still so young to realize yeah. what was right and what was wrong in terms of what was going on inside my head. I was having, um, if it was just, I don't know, dreams at night or just yeah. staring at, like, I don't know, topless men um, that my sisters would have on their walls and just thinking, why? I was a bit of a chubby kid growing up. So for me, I think I justified it with, like, I want their body. I want to look like that. Yeah. Not so much I found them attractive. So these were kind of questions that I was justifying to myself until maybe the end of high school or kind of starting university where my world then kind of opened up a little bit because I was going to uni in the city. And I think I was seeing a little bit more kind of LGBTQ plus culture that I was like, Hmm, maybe this is the culture that I'm um, kind of wanting to grasp onto or understand a little bit more to yeah. me to then kind of answer these questions in my head. I think, the age of like 13, 14, I still kind of didn't know what the the LGBT community was. I didn't have any um, maybe gay role models growing up. I think my parents are very conservative. So even for them, they didn't have um, same-sex couples or like friends growing up. It was never really mentioned or never really kind of put in front of my face. Um, So I think in terms of maybe if there were people during high school that I could connect to, I think no one really understood what was going on inside my head because I myself didn't either and I think it was something that was so taboo that I didn't want to speak about and I think at that age you just want to fit in you're starting like starting a new school a new year that you just want to be like everyone else and whatever kind of makes you different you try and just kind of like bottle in and keep to yourself um, and just try and yet yeah, blend in or like fly under the radar a little bit which is I think what I tried to do in high school um, which was very challenging
0: <laughs> I did the exact opposite yeah, I came into secondary school like a wrecking ball and I regretted it <laughs> Yes. So, <laughs> literally i was like the size of a wrecking ball and like like personality wise was so i definitely empathize with the idea that you should oh you know, like lots of people try and go into um not yeah. you, i mean secondary school um flying
1: under the radar um yeah, Jen, for sure. you, sorry, um, and, and i mean john i'll be interested as well i mean uh, i mean fortunately i was i was never bullied so i haven't got those experiences and i i don't really know what it's like i grew up in a kind of a small countryside town where everyone knew <laughs> each other and everyone was friends but um i mean growing up in australia i think in my mind at least it's like you know australians macho man you know beer drinking <laughs> um and um i mean what what was it like for you i mean meeting you now obviously you're, you're extremely confident in what well, at least that's how you come across and obviously there are perceptions and stuff but when we see you you seem very confident in who you are and very happy and very outgoing and very jovial, but at the time, um, did it, did it impact, um, you know, perhaps your, your mental health and and how you felt or were you able to just, you know, even then feel like this is who I am and this is just what people are like.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there was, there was two sides of me growing up. There was a side where it wasn't until kind of maybe creating a really nice friend, um, friendship circle which was mostly females like I mentioned that I felt like I could be a lot more of myself there um, where I think I was coming out of my shell a lot. It wasn't until then kind of going back home where like I mentioned it was very conservative um, that I kind of just stuck to myself and would kind of come home and lock myself straight in my room and kind of keep out of everyone's way. I kind of grew up in a house where if I wanted to maybe express a little bit or show a little bit of myself that I could be at school and then bring it home I was told that John's in a funny mood again, or John's being really weird, or John's doing this, that I kind of ended up just keeping to myself, would kind of go into my room and be very, be an introvert in a lot of ways, Um, which I think kind of like what you mentioned, isn't me now. Um, And it wasn't until kind of being a little bit more confident in who I am that got me to this point where it's kind of like, fuck everyone else. Like, this is me, accept me. Um, That, yeah, I think the the, the mental health or like the struggle that I had was like being two different people. I was very extrovert at school and then very introvert at home. And it was that battle where I was going home and being told, why aren't you more like your cousins? Or why don't you have more male friends at school? That um, I was kind of like, do I have something wrong with me? And I think kind of getting very deep as well, I was put through counselling at such a young age because I was like, I, I think my parents knew that I was different. And in order to maybe help me, they wanted to for me to, to kind of confine and talk to somebody who might've been an adult or somebody like a little bit more who maybe understood what I was going through. And I think maybe putting me through counselling um, or seeing somebody at such a young age, because that went on from primary school straight through to high school, I think got me in, in my head as well, thinking, what's wrong with me? Do I have something wrong with me? People who maybe go see a counselor or a psychologist, like have something wrong with them. What is it? And it got me kind of battling within myself being, okay, I feel like I can be myself at school, but then I'm being bullied for being who I am at school. And then I'm going home and I feel like I'm being bullied for then, I don't know, being very quiet and keeping to myself and not feeling like I fit in there. And then having to confine in a stranger that I don't even know. And maybe then telling them all these secrets that I'm like, ooh. I don't even know in my own head, like what's wrong with me or why I'm seeing you in the first place. Um, but yeah, I think there was a, there was such a battle growing up at such a young age where I felt like I didn't know who I was because there was all these kind of contradictions. I think people were wanting me to be something that I wasn't, um, that, yeah, it was, it was a challenging Mm. battle. I'll say that. I don't
0: know. There was, um, there is, So I I think like a lot of people go through similar battles at school where or any young age where you exist in these like bubbles and those are the only bubbles that you think are out there whether it's your school or your home or whatever that is you think they're the only communities that exist and therefore if you can't be the way you are in those communities then like where can you be who you are and then it's only when you leave that you start to realize that the world is such an incredible and beautiful place and there are so many other communities. Was that... I, I kind of when you left high school was that this like same kind of story where you entered a whole new group of people and realized that actually this is a place that I can be myself
2: yeah 100% I mean because I finished high school at the age of 18 so then I kind of knew huh, I'm coming on adulthood like and I think back in Australia that and I don't know maybe it's because we are so disconnected or far away from like the rest of the world that a lot of my friends now within their 20s have already either bought a house, got married or had kids. And I know that that was the story for my parents at like their early 20s. And I knew at 18, crap, like if this is what I've got to live up to, I need to start um, either saving um, or meeting somebody to be able to settle down with. I think how I'd been raised was just that Disney fairy tale where I'm gonna meet um, the woman of my dreams, we're gonna get married, we're gonna buy a house and have kids. And something in my head knew that that wasn't gonna make me happy. It wasn't until maybe 18, I'd lived in the suburbs. It's not like maybe um, how you see it, James, as we're all like macho running around on kangaroos, like <laughs> barrels That's exactly of exactly how everywhere. I say it. <laughs> Very Australian, like bushland. No, it was more a suburb that I'd never really escaped. I'd been raised and brought up in this suburb. I hadn't traveled, I hadn't experienced the world, I hadn't seen different cultures. And it wasn't until kind of going to university in the city um, and i studied graphic design there. So I was surrounding myself with a bunch of creative people. And I think within the city as well, got me opening up my eyes that there was more outside of the suburbs that I was raised in. I think that gave me more of this confidence to connect with people who liked me for me because I felt like I could be myself that kind of made me grow and have this confidence to kind of be like okay crap I'm 18 I'm going into now my adulthood I need to start living life for me and it gave me this kick to be like okay well what's going to make you happy what's going to get you from A to B to then be yourself and it was kind of like okay let me just like switch that dial on on tinder from like females to then men and see like (laughs) If it, and it, it kind of brings me back to, is it, am I gay because people were telling me that I am or am I gay because I am? And it was like, well, let me test this for myself. I was obviously having these thoughts and waking up in the morning or waking up in the night, having these dreams being like, why am I like ah, wanting to have sexual relations with Daniel Radcliffe? Because I was a huge harry <laughs> person back then. But um, it was like these dreams that I was just kind of like pinching and hurting myself because I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to wake up and make my life 10 times harder than it is um, that it was very, very tough until I kind of got to that, that point where I was like, I need to, in order to be happy in life, I need to start living for me. Um, and that kind of came at the age of 19 when I did come out. Um, Mm. yeah.
1: And and John, I mean, first of all, who, who doesn't dream about Daniel Radcliffe? Um, I've had dreams about Daniel Radcliffe as well, so nothing to be embarrassed about there. Um, the, um, but what I was going to say is, so I mean, you, it sounds like you had that community of people who were, you know, accepting you for, for who you were, who you very, felt very comfortable with, but still had this very conservative home where um, you couldn't really, or it or sounds like your parents couldn't truly accept you for, for who you wanted to be um, and who you were. So just in terms of, I mean, how, how did it play out you coming out to that more conservative side of, of the family? Um, and yeah, how, how, did, how did you go about that? And, and what was your experience?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was very mixed. I think, at the age of nineteen, and then coming into my twenties, I knew that I'm an adult. I need to start living for me. I need to be able to kind of flee the nest in order to grow, have independence, and and kind of be happy. So with that, um, the first person that I told was my sister. I ended up coming home from a date, and she was like, "Where have you been?" And I was like, "On a date," and she's like, "With a girl," and I was like. It's just like, with a guy? And I was like, yeah. And she kind of gave me a huge hug and it was really lovely. And she's like, I'm so happy for you. But like, now what? Like, are you going to tell mom and dad? I'm like, you know what? I'm just like, this is, I don't know. I think it was chatting to a guy that got me laughing and smiling and just like these different feelings started to pl- it, like come into play where I was like, uh, I don't know. It just, everything clicked and it felt right. It felt normal and it yeah. felt natural. And I think that's the only way I can kind of describe it compared to going on dates with girls. And just, I don't know, either instantly friend zoning them or thinking, oh, I'm on a date with my sister just because I think I was, I don't know, constantly surrounded by females. I don't know if that makes sense. But I um, came out then at 19 to my sister and I think just kind of had this battle with how I told my parents. My dad was very heavily um, religious, very Catholic, and I knew that, oh, this isn't God's way. This is, and I think religion as well kind of played a huge battle within my mental health as well. But um, I ended up, or my sister ended up telling my mom. So my mom then knew she was like, mm, how are you going to tell your dad? She was okay about it. Um, which was good. I think in my head, I was constantly thinking the worst. I think I'd heard stories of people coming out and getting kicked out of home. Um, and then everything changing that I just, I didn't want that to happen. Um, that, Yeah, I remember coming out to my dad. I ended up texting him and I was like, I think you know what I want to talk to you about. He didn't reply and ended up coming home. And I was like, oh, that's happening. And I think my mom had like pulled him aside, had a conversation and then he had come into my bedroom crying, just being like, why John, why? And I think, and I don't know if it was fair of me at the time, but I kind of snapped in a way because I felt like I was the bad person. I'd been hiding this or bottling this in for a long time. And I was ready to kind of then let my dad or my parents in by having that conversation of like them knowing a little bit more of who I am. Um, that for him to then turn around and cry and make, not so much make me the bad person, but that's kind of how I felt. Cause he was like, why, why, why? Yeah. And I was like, to be honest, I can't tell you why I'm, I'm not in jail. I'm like, I'm not a bad person. And I don't understand why I'm feeling like you're treating me as in it's so wrong. So he was like it's just going to take me time and i was like listen i'm ready to start to live my life so it can take you all the time that it needs you to but at the end of the day i'm now kind of this is the direction this is in order for me to be happy i'm now kind of living this life um and yeah i mean even to this day it's not perfect um and i think that's because i think i've stopped blaming my parents for the way that they were raised they they were being brought up in maybe a generation where the LGBT community isn't as big um, or as loud as it is now. And I think my parents, yeah, they didn't really know any anyone within the queer community growing up. So I think they were never being able to, we're just constantly hitting a brick wall. They will never be able to see my chosen path of living. And I think that was the contradiction for me to kind of maybe accept that they'll never understand. So stop trying to like get through in that way. I think we're just kind of butting a, a brick wall. Um, but I find, yeah. I, find,
0: I find it super interesting because like what and tell me if this is completely wrong because it could be but it, it feels like to me that you your you and your dad like are almost going through the similar battles but at different stages in the sense that you were through your teens who had this like conflict between who you were and the value set that you were told to like adhere by and now your dad knowing that you're gay has this conflict where he has this value set and he knows that his son's now gay and he's got to confront like a similar conflict that you were confronting and and that's what seems like it's so weird that there it built like builds this conflict but there's so much room for empathy because actually it's such a similar battle that people will be going through so um yeah i think that's like um i I think that's well I, i understand it, i guess
2: yeah, I think I think for them, maybe they had raised me for, if it was the 19 years, having this perception on life of like, John's going to meet a, a woman, he's going to get married, he's going to buy a house, we're going to have grandkids, like this is the life that we're paving for him. And I think it wasn't until that moment where I was, I, I kind of came out that his perception of the the life that he had kind of hoped or raised me to have, is then kind of shattered to be like, Crap! Well, now what? Um, and maybe it was maybe the perception of what the the gay community was like at the time that maybe the the battle for him was like, well, what life now is my son gonna have? Is he is it gonna be ten times harder for him? Is he gonna be able to I don't know have kids and stuff like that? So I know that there's a lot of love from that side, but I think at the time when I was ready to start living for me, and that acceptance wasn't there, and it was just gonna take him. I don't know how 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 much time it was going to take him. But I think I was very selfish in the, in the fact that it's kind of like, I need to start living life for me and you need to be okay with that. Um, And and it was hard because I think I had no one to turn to who knew what I was going through, who could tell me everything was going to be okay. Even like, how can I tell my parents, this is how, here's some nice advice. Or um, yeah, I think I just didn't really have anyone to kind of confide in, um, to tell me everything was going to be okay. It was me and only me, which was very challenging.
1: Yeah, and, Go on, James, and, yeah. no, I was I was, I was going to say, I'm um, not sure Jack, if you have any questions around this, but I think this leads on quite nicely to what you're doing with um, a bundle of sticks. You know, the, the fact now that you mentioned that, um, you know, you didn't have perhaps that, you know, shoulder to, to lean on or that person who'd gone through that to help support you. Um, and speaking to you before bundle of sticks seems like an opportunity where people um, speak openly around their experiences around coming out and, um, you've also mentioned that you've had people, you know, say to you, well, actually this was really important and in one case where it right, even mended a relationship between a father and son, which just sounds incredible. But what was it for you that gave you that inspiration um to start a bundle of sticks? And or perhaps firstly explain what a bundle of sticks is and then and then what gave you that inspiration, what gave you the idea to to go on that journey?
2: Yeah, yeah. So so a bundle of sticks is is pretty much a chance for the, the LGBTQ plus or queer community to share their coming out stories. To, to kind of help people going through that process to know that they're not alone. Um, and they can read their stories and hopefully find a little bit more comfort in, in other stories that, that might kind of relate to them and maybe the path that they're on. For me, like I mentioned, I think coming out, it was a process that I was doing alone and it was a process that got me spiraling into such a dark place because I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it was something that I was constantly thinking the worst if I was going to get kicked out, if it would change the relationship that I have with my parents or with family and friends. That it was just a constant battle that I kind of, once like out and proud, didn't want anyone within the community feeling that way. And I knew that I couldn't have been the only one. So it wasn't until coming out and meeting a whole bunch of like-minded people that I kind of just asked them how their process was. And it was something that I found comfort in a lot because I was like, okay, this is exactly the same as if it was um, during my kind of childhood and the thoughts that I was thinking to then coming into more of my high school or or teen um, to then my young adulthood that I was like, some of the stories that I was hearing, I felt comforted in because it was exactly the same journey. And I knew that, huh. <gasps> my God, we're just people at the end of the day. And it was just really nice to kind of find a sense of community and people who understood, which is something that I'd never had. So I think the reason for creating a bundle of sticks was just to kind of collate all these stories together and hopefully have it as a a tool to kind of educate, guide and inspire. So it wasn't until, so it first started as a Facebook page and I ended up reaching out to um, friends who were in that community to share their story, to help And inspire others. So from that, I ended up having like a high school bully message me, finding my story and just saying, I'm so sorry if I made that that experience for you 10 times harder through high school. And then um, my partner and his dad weren't speaking at the time. And I think kind of like what you mentioned, his dad had found his story and was like, listen, let's get a coffee. You're still my son at the end of the day. And I just kind of want to understand and I want to build this relationship. I saw the power in it and I knew I had to keep it going. That started ages ago and it kind of fizzled because it was relying on the community to be able to share their story um and yeah and then so then coming to london being involved with general assembly they were very encouraging with being able to reach out to our global community and getting a whole lot more stories to then collate and put together in a magazine so that's kind of when it started to take off so for the month of pride last year they printed my first 800 copies which we left around campus um to hopefully just spark conversation and encourage I think more diversity and inclusion within the tech industry which has been viewed to be historically male-run and I think from there maybe my perception changed a little bit because I wanted this to be a tool to help educate and inspire others within the community but I was finding a lot more straight people coming to me being like wow this is powerful I didn't realize that through everyone's journey and everyone's story, you're all doing that process, which is self-acceptance or trying to be yourself, but everyone's process is just so different. Um, And I don't think they realized if it was um, the mental struggle or just the challenges that we face in order for us to be happy and um, love uh, ourselves, that it is such a hard journey for people to come out, Um, yeah.
0: John, I think a bundle of sticks is absolutely awesome, and that's why I've roped in my family. <laughs> dad, so so dad was like, "Oh, what book should I send out to headboxes?" I was like, "I know exactly." The <laughs> <one."> <laughs> Don't you worry. Um, so now then, the in terms of like the future of of a bundle of sticks, is it is it the you're just going to continue to like advertise people's stories of self-acceptance and i think that suddenly makes it way more accessible to you know people like my dad me james um who don't necessarily like live within this community but um definitely need self-acceptance in whatever aspect of our life we're struggling with um mm. is it just to keep keep going with the with the same thing and um i'm going to advertise it a bundle of sticks.com <laughs>
1: you know, <an> order <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was, go, I was going to ask john where where where, where can our listeners um <laughs> the hundreds of thousands of them who i'm sure are listening right now where can where can they go and um,
2: get a copy of this yeah yeah of course i've got it on my website so yeah bundle of love that thanks um and then yeah on social media as well so just instagram um so a bundle of um but yeah that's yeah just the website at the minute i don't really know where what the future holds for bundleistics, that I think kind of like what you mentioned, Jack, I've got issue one and two being very similar in the fact of just like, um, collating new people's stories and, and kind of sharing the same narrative. I don't, I think the aim it was to kind of keep on the same track with hopefully doing issue three, four and onwards. And I think the reason why I try and release it around the month of pride is to give the meaning of pride, um, the, the message that it had maybe back back in the day where it's like we're fighting for acceptance we're fighting for inclusion and i think reading these stories kind of shows that we still have a long way to go and, and making that process a whole lot easier for maybe the younger generation or even if it is people within the older generation who are maybe still on that process um with coming out so i don't know what the future of abundalistics holds but i'm excited i think at the same time i this is just an idea and it could stem from, like I'm doing at the minute, a magazine, to then something completely different. Um, but I'm excited for the future.
0: John, I reckon you could get some properly famous features.
2: <gasps> Philip
0: Schofield is definitely, he's got a story to tell. And yeah. I reckon a bundle of sticks is where he can tell it.
2: Well, if he's I, I don't know whether like you could send well. out a rogue
0: email <laughs> or <laughs> ask the feature on good uh, Yeah, ITV.
1: I tell you what, that would be awesome. Or a new exclusive with Daniel Radcliffe. That would be, uh, be groundbreaking. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I mean, they're probably listening to this podcast right now, no? Probably. (laughs) But no, well, John, thank you so much. It's been um, great to chat as always. Um,
2: And yeah, yeah, thank you very much for
1: taking the time to sit down with us.
2: No, thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks, John. (laughs)